Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to uh, Shades of Blues Soccer Show. Uh, this is Thad, one of the normal hosts, and today on the line, I believe, Jeff, you on there? I am. We have Jeff Houston, uh the latest and my favorite writer at Equalizer Soccer, uh, is oh, joining Jeff. us. And <laughs> uh, also on the line, and the main reason we are gathered here today is Becky Sauerbrunn, uh FC Kansas City center back, captain, U.S. national team star, pretty much all-around great person. Uh, Becky, are you there? I am here. Thanks for the introduction. <laughs> was, was it flattering enough today? That was very flattering. Thank you. It could have went much higher, but Jeff told me I should, you know, not not be that nice. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. We, we forgot to add in their uh, newest NWSL goal scorer. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's uh that's actually tell us about getting that goal, Becky. I mean, it was kind of a long time coming, I guess. Um, from all the the runs that I've made forward, um, I finally got a ball back. Um, Apple had a, a great one too with me, and I don't know. I feel like I probably just kind of blacked out for a second, and the ball was in the net. But I mean, it was really surprising to me, obviously, because I never score. I think it's been five years or so since my my last professional goal. Um, but it was it was great, and I'm, I'm glad that I could contribute. And I'm bummed that we didn't actually win the game, because that would have made it more uh, significant. But it's always nice to get that first goal. It's kind of a nice breaker. That was uh, that was your first goal for, for five years, but your, your first one was actually scored for Washington, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was... Um, the first season of the WPS, and it was actually the first goal for the Washington Freedom in that league. 
So when you score, you score in Washington, huh? Yeah, apparently. Apparently. And then it's funny, um, I didn't know this, but someone brought it up to me after the game, that I scored when I played for D.C. United Ladies, which was a W League team, um, after the folding of the WPS. Um, I scored for them, too, at that field. So that's pretty much the only stadium in the country that I score at. So after that score at halftime, did you talk to uh, Andonowski and say, hey, I want my spot at forward, too? (laughs) <laughs> uh, absolutely not. I would have absolutely no idea what to do up there. I, I think I would beg to differ. You made that run about as perfectly as uh, Amy Rodriguez would have when uh, Higgins gave you that ball back. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> sometimes everything just kind of lines up. In all seriousness, yeah. uh, talk about uh, you know to, to be able to make a run from center back all the way up to where you did, and you did that several times throughout the game. Uh, talk about the confidence you have to have in your backline teammates that they'll cover you and, uh, and you can go on those kind of runs. Well, I mean, I think trust is a huge thing when it comes to a backline because you're you're very much a unit as opposed to individuals where, you know, in the attack you're kind of more individual flair. So in the backline you just you need to have a lot of trust. And another big thing is that you need to be kind of pessimistic. So you have to think about what's the worst possible outcome of this play. And so I know that if I go forward, I know Chris Easley and Amy LaPeldit, Kathy Coleman, they're all thinking, okay, well, Becky loses the ball right there. It's a terrible situation, so we all need to get back and cover for her just in case. So um, I feel very confident that they know that it, should I lose the ball, that they're going to be back there to save me. Those, those runs, you seem to be making more of them as the year goes on than you did earlier in the year. Is that just being more comfortable with your teammates? So. Yeah, I think it's being more comfortable with, with my teammates. I think they're, they read my run more, so they're opening up so I can play one-twos because I'm definitely not a player that's going to be able just to burn people, do a move and go, kind of like a Merritt Messias or, or Lauren Cheney or something like that. I need to be able to play off people to get into advanced positions. So I think um, Butkowski and Jenna Richmond, they've really um, kind of, we've all kind of learned to play with each other more as the season goes on and, also, I think it's been a long season, too, so players are tired and center backs, you know, traditionally don't run as much. So I feel like um, Chrissy and I kind of have more of the legs now. So if we can help start the attack, um, I think it kind of gets placed on our shoulders a little bit more as the season wears on. You know, you, you mentioned uh, it's a long season. Uh, it, it is a longer season than it was last year. But let's talk about this year versus last year. Over the last five weeks, uh, you've had four different lineups, uh, and only a handful of players have started every game or played in every game, uh, you being one of them. But it doesn't seem, with one exception, but it doesn't seem like you've had a whole lot of production drop-off with all the changes. Talk to me about this year versus last year, uh, how we prepare for the playoffs and, and whether or not all the personnel changes uh, is hurting, helping, uh, what's going on. Well, I think last year we were very much set in one formation, and I think we really only used consistently maybe 12 to 13 players. Um, and so if you think about a long season with games back-to-back, it's extremely tiring. I think by the end we kind of limped our way into the postseason when really we should have been gaining momentum. And so I think that's what kind of hurt us late in the season last year. And I think the moves that were made between seasons as far as players that were traded, um, 
college drafting, you know, those kind of acquisitions, I think has really helped us and given us uh, a lot more options as far as what formations we want to play, what style we want to play. And so now, you know, we're jumping between a 4-2-3-1 that can also look like a 4-3-3. We're jumping between an offset 4-4-2 that can also be traditional 4-4-2. And I think with the different players we can throw in, we can throw in possession players. We can throw in players that um, have a lot of creative individual flair. And I think that dynamicism with our team um, has really helped us. I think we've put ourselves in a good position now, a good position as far as uh, where we are on the table and the points that we have and things like that. And I think, I mean, we still need to clinch playoffs and we're still hoping for um, a home playoff game. And we're throwing players in in this kind of last stretch of five games, um, not only to give players experience, um, but also to save legs as well. And I think it's great that there really has not been a drop-off according to, you know, the formation and the players that are being played. And I give a lot of credit to the girls, but also to to the coaching staff and to the front office for the moves that they made. Speaking of looking for that, uh, clinching that playoff spot, Saturday you have another opportunity to clinch that. Uh, can you talk about this game coming up with Seattle? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a huge game for us. They've obviously already clinched the season and a home playoff spot, so they're, you know, sitting pretty and, um, we don't know what they're going to throw at us, if they're going to throw out, um, you know, their starting 11, or maybe they're going to give players a little bit more playing time. We're not sure. And basically we're not really worried about that. We just know that um, we just need, you know, another win basically to get a playoff spot and then also possibly to clinch that home playoff spot. So we're just going to go into that game thinking that we need to win it, and we, we do. And Seattle is a fantastic team, and they've been, you know, destroying teams at the late scoring five, four goals, things like that. So we know we need to really be on our game in order to get a result. Well, you guys have played what, Seattle pretty tough this year. Uh, you, you got the first draw for them, there, and uh, when you lost up there, it was – uh, pretty close, and you almost pulled that one out. Uh, and, and it seems that in other games, they've been playing from behind or they've had to uh, to play strong in the last final minutes to, uh, to pull out the win. How do we approach Saturday at home? I think with Seattle, the way that we match up with them, I think for the most part, it's going to be a pretty even game um, up until the last bit. Like you said, we lost 3-2, to two and it was very close. They got a last-minute you know, last minute header, and then the tie that we had home. Um, it's going to be a battle, and we just have to approach the game knowing that we need to play a solid 90 minutes, and we can't at any point let up, especially if we get a goal. Um, we can't protect the lead by bunkering in because they just have too much firepower um, to not capitalize off that. So we just need to keep pushing should we get ahead to that second or third goal? And if we go behind, we need to have enough faith in one another that we can push and we can find it even in the last minutes to, to get that equalizer to go ahead. Cool. Any, any more questions about Seattle or this upcoming game, Jeff? Well, just uh, how important is it to uh, to be playing this game at home? To play Seattle at home? Yeah. It's, it's really nice. Uh, it's nice just because in this stretch of games, the traveling um, is really starting to accumulate. So we just got back yesterday um, from our trip from D.C., and then we're going to be leaving, you know, in a week to go to, 
Chicago um, after we play Boston. So, I mean, it's just great to be home, um, to play on our home field with our fans. And I know we, we're hoping for a great um, group to come out tomorrow night. Um, I know our, our supporters club is going to be out there in full swing. And it's just very different playing at home and playing in front of your friends and family and everything. So I think playing against a top caliber team like Seattle, any sort of advantage um, can really make a difference. Cool. Uh, speaking of playing in Kansas City, are you looking forward to the uh, World Cup qualifier they're going to play here? I am so excited for that. Um, initially, they were saying it was going to be back in Mexico, and okay, you know, going to Cancun, you know, that's not rough or anything, but to be able to play in Kansas City, I mean, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to play at Sporting um, at, the, at the stadium there, and I just know that, you know, the city itself is going to come out and, and really support us, so I'm excited about that, and I just I'm really happy that qualifiers are in the states in general, and the locations that they picked um, are all great soccer cities. So I think they did a great job. Oh, sorry about that. Um, um, sorry about that. I lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, we're coming no to the, the the end of uh, year two for the league. Um, the previous two leagues made it through three years. Is there something you can point to that it'll be different this time or that uh, we're that this league's ahead of the other leagues or doing something right or maybe suggestions for what they can do better? I think they've done a lot of things right. I think subsidizing the U.S., Canadian, and Mexican players and taking some of that financial load off the individual ownership groups, I think that's a big deal because that's quite a bit of money right there that can be used for non-national team players. And I also think the pairing up with uh, MLS teams is also great to kind of be able to share the brand name and being able to use, like, the larger fan databases and things like that. I think that's huge because you look at Houston and and Portland and they play on fantastic fields and um, partnering up with their MLS teams, the name is out there and it's recognizable by, you know, the fans of the city. So I think those two things have kind of put this league ahead of the WSA and the WPS. And I, I hope that, you know, as, as the season and hopefully many more seasons to come, more teams will be paired up with the MLS teams in their city. Now, you guys have a, a little bit of different relationship um, than Houston and Portland, but you're in an MLS city, and you get support from the players and uh, – uh, of Sporting Kansas City. Talk about that relationship. How does that relate? Does, does that help at all? Oh, I think I think it definitely helps. I think the the relationships that we've made um, with the staff and with the players on Sporting um, almost helps in a like, kind of self promotion sort of way. So you get those guys at our games, um, and people want to meet them as well. So you get more fans at our game, which is you know a win win for everyone. Um, and then. Just to have uh, sporting in the city and have it, it's such a well-run MLS team. The franchise and the organization itself, I think, is is up there as far as um, promotions and marketing and how they do things. And so just being able to make soccer more of a mainstream sport in the city also helps us. Uh, earlier this year, well, even even still, sporting had a lot of uh, injuries and uh 
you know, when they had call-ups to, you know, Beasley was at the World Cup, they had a bunch of injuries, uh, suspensions, red cards, et cetera. One of the most common names for uh, sporting to go to for help was that they thought that they could bring you over for a, uh, to play center back for them. Oh, my God, I would have loved that. I would have been. <laughs> uh, that would be so hilarious. I mean, even just as a joke to be able to, like, train with them or something would be would be so fun. would be a dream come true for me. But it doesn't seem like it's that uh, the center back uh, fiasco hurt them too bad. They're, pretty, they're sitting pretty right now. Yeah, you were you were probably the second most named person that they were uh, fans were asking to you know be the uh, next center back for Sporting, uh, and Peter Vermees was the first. He'd come out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, that that would be amazing. I don't has that ever happened in the MLS where they've had a a player coach like literally a player head coach. Um, that you'd be the expert on that. I don't remember anybody. I would. I'm I'm thinking that there's been player assistant coaches, uh, but not player right. head coaches. Um, yeah, and he's he's such a tough looking man too. Uh, I'm sure the intimidation intimidation factor alone would probably scare most attackers away. <laughs> well, yeah, I I'd ask him about that, and he said he could probably hang for about the first five minutes, but just the conditioning would catch up to him pretty quickly. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> Luckily, center backs don't have to run as much, but, yeah, it'll definitely get to you. You know, it's hey, funny. Um, uh, well, I was, I was talking to Barney earlier, and the two of you are similar in the fact that you, you're you always um, saying that you guys do the least amount of work, uh, that the forwards and the midfielders, they run. You guys, but it looks to me like a lot of times that you guys are some of the hardest-working players out there. Uh, are you guys just being modest or... or <laughs> you really think that they're uh, harder workers than you? Well, I, I think our positions, goalkeepers and, and center backs in particular, our game is a lot more mental, so we have to organize. So if anything, we're more tired after the game as far as like emotionally and, and mentally. Um, as far as ground covered, I mean, if you look at you know our GPS statistics, obviously we're not running as much as, as the center mids or the outside mids or the forwards or things like that, but um, when it comes to our positions, a lot of it is mental, but a lot of it is also winning individual battles too. So, and that in itself can be really physically taxing. Um, going one v one or starting acting, making a, a a good stop, things like that. That's great. Speaking of that, who who are some of the toughest players you've had to go one on one with? Oh, um, I think Alex Morgan. Uh, Lisa Devana, Carly Lloyd, um, Sydney LaRue, Kim Little, Jody Taylor. I mean, there's definitely been, um, there's just a plethora of good attacking players in this league. A plethora. I love that. <laughs> Jeff, uh, do you have anything else for Becky today? No, uh, just looking forward to the game tomorrow night. Yes, me too. Yeah. yeah. I, I could probably ask you about a million more questions, Becky, but I know um, you've got a game tomorrow and with uh, the tight travel schedules and stuff, I just want to make sure that we don't take up too much of your time. And I well, really, I really appreciate it. Of course, yeah, uh, really thanks for having me on. Time. My so pleasure. Hopefully we can... 
hopefully we can have you on again in the near future to talk about the playoffs. <laughs> um, yes, please. Maybe you can preview that for us. Yes, I would love to. All right. Uh, any last words, Jeff? Uh, nope. Should be a, a full house tomorrow night. Should be loud. Good. I hope so. Yeah, I've heard there's very few tickets left, so it should be interesting. Excellent. Excellent. Um, any, any last words for the fans, Becky? No, just if you can, please come out and support us. We only have two more home games and then hopefully a playoff game, but the more the merrier. Absolutely. All right, well, thank you both, and I will be talking to you soon, and good luck tomorrow night. All right, thank you. Thanks, Becky.